Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Erin Hendrickson. She's a registered dietitian who has a passion for all things food, except maybe cooking, corporate wellness, and living a more minimalistic life and sharing her journey. When I embarked upon my Less Stuff, More Life journey a few years ago, Erin was someone I started following on social media. She has such a down-to-earth approach to living a life with more repurpose, as I would say, through experiences and being mindful of food in all kinds of waste. She shares her experiences through the dietetic profession so far and how some crazy twists and turns has led her to this place of passion for nutrition, food, and minimalism. Please enjoy my conversation with Erin. super excited to have you on the podcast. I know that we tried to connect a while back and you kind of weren't ready yet. And you've had some experience now with podcasts. So I'm glad that you decided (laughs) to be on mine, which your podcast with Kelly and Kim was awesome. I learned so much from you. I always learn a lot from you. Conquered my podcast fear. So I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I want you to kind of you know, I know you're a registered dietitian, but you do so many other different things that maybe aren't even like dietitian focused. But I want to kind of start out with you and kind of how your story began, how you kind of got into dietetics and where you started in the beginning. Okay, sure. So I wish I had a story when I had this awe-inspiring moment that, you know, I just knew that nutrition was for me, but I really don't. And I was one of those people that I graduated college, had really no idea what I wanted to do. So I was just kind of taking all my prerequisites and, and then I had a nutrition class and I mean, I've always grown up around food. My parents had a big farm and and then what really sold me on it was we had um, a class in this nutrition 101 course where we had to like cook something from our ancestry or something from our, you know, just background. And I was so sad. Mine, mine was so boring because it's just like American food. I don't know. But <laughs> And I got to experience all of these other cool cultural foods. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So that's when I kind of got interested in the whole nutrition and the cultural aspect of it. And um, yeah, and how it can impact our overall health. And that's kind of when I decided to go in that direction for dietetics. So yeah. How, that's- how far were you into your college career when you kind of had that discovery? I think it was um, second year, I believe. So sophomore. Oh, good timing. Yeah, good timing. Yeah. You weren't too far in and you still had plenty of time to take all the stuff that you needed to take. Yeah, which is why I think whenever I have kids, I'm going to fully support like a gap year, like graduate high school, go do your thing for a year. No pressure to like go to college because, you, you know, your, your tastes change and your interests change especially at that age. So I think it's super important to, you know, figure out what your interests are really. I agree. I kind of wish I would have had that opportunity because you're so right. Like just the experiences you have, the people that you meet and 
Like you met so many different people with different cultures and food and that really is what got you interested. So thinking, oh, if I would have like taken a gap year and traveled, think exactly. of what it would have opened up your eyes to. Exactly. So yeah, that's, I fully support that. I know that's not even related to dietetics or nutrition <laughs> at all, really, but just want to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think there's a stigma, a stigma of like going into school right away after high school and, you know, yeah, and you got the rest um, of your life. Exactly. How many people do you know that aren't, you know, utilizing their degree whatsoever in whatever they're doing, you know, for totally for work? So, yeah, it's amazing. Like, that's why I ask people, I'm like, oh, you know, how did you get started? Because it's always it's very interesting how it transitions from where it started to where they're at now. And again, life experience is everything. Mm hmm. So that's kind of how I got into it. Do you want to know, like, my career path? Sure. Or, yeah. So you, so you finished out your undergrad, took your test, did all the great dietitian stuff. So where did it kind of take you for, you know, your first, you know, job and kind of what you, what you thought you wanted to be when you grew up? <laughs> well, I still don't know the answer to that question, but <laughs> in but, progress. <laughs> yeah. But I, I knew that I was never, ever interested in the clinical aspect of nutrition. So I kind of went went the more off the beaten path route. So I started out in food service and obviously my love of food and just working in food and catering and always being, you know, in the service industry through college, you know, working as a server and things like that. Um, I just knew that I wanted to be around food in some sort of capacity. So I had a role at a children's hospital in Texas in the food service department. So kind of like a, a manager supervisor, you know, I'd, did all the boring inventory and ordering all the food for the catering department and everything right. and, and for the patients. Um, so that's, that was kind of my first role. And through, through that whole experience, I just, I knew that's not, that's not what I wanted to do forever. So I got really, really inter interested in the whole holistic wellness aspect of health and how, exercise fits into that and managing your stress and, you know, also, you know, eating healthfully and just having relationships. And so it kind of went into the corporate wellness um, area. So it was one of those total, total like quarter life crisis things, quit my job <laughs> without a backup plan B and, <laughs> and just kind of move back to Nashville, which is where I'm still at. And, and, Honestly, I must. I I hated my job so much that I started working back at 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 the, in the restaurant industry until I figured it out, and then that's when I found like my dream job in corporate wellness, and so that's what I did for gosh six or seven years, and I still do a little bit of that corporate wellness work, um, a few hours a as, week as like a contractor, just with the yeah, business. yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, and then yeah, and. And then a year ago, I was in a corporate wellness sort of position with a, a major hospital system here in Nashville, sort of a, a pilot program. And we had a new CEO and they decided that our whole department wasn't really, I guess, bringing in the revenue that they were expecting or hoping for. And so completely cut out our whole department and... 
that's when I kind of just went full-time freelance. So let's so. talk about, let's talk sure. about a couple points I want you to talk about. So you will go back to your food service job for a hot second. You okay. just got to a point, you just kind of got to the point that you were just tired of it. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I think that's a great point to talk about with dietitians that they're going to, there's going to be jobs like that, right? That you're just mm-hmm. not going to like. And so yeah. how did you feel like, how did you, was it difficult for you to kind of quit and, you know, go back to working in the service industry or was that easy for you because you just disliked your job so much? Um, no, it was, it was easy. So I don't know. I, I had worked there for gosh, maybe four, almost five years. So I obviously, I love the people that I worked with. I just wasn't f- fulfilled with the job role. So mm-hmm. that was one of those, like, you know what, if I don't quit now, then, you know, I'm going to waste all this time doing something that I'm not passionate about. That's not really giving me a purpose. And you no, know, it was, it was so easy to quit and then take that time I needed to kind of find myself and figure out the next step. And I, I love that you said that, like, don't stay in something just because it's just a job and you feel like as a dietitian, you have to be this dietitian and you have to be in this role and you have to do this. But if you don't, if it makes you sad and it makes you like, I don't want to be here, don't keep doing that. That's like the definition of insanity, right? (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like today there's so much opportunity for dietitians to really do whatever we want, you know, whatever we're passionate in, there's always going to be some need for it. So even if you can't, you know, quit your job, that probably wasn't the smartest idea for me as, you know, mid 20 year old single, single adult, you know, but, um, but I feel like, you know, start pursuing whatever it is that you're passionate about. And before you, you know, completely quit your job. Yeah. And I think it's okay to like do an intermission type of job, you know, if Mm -hmm. it is something that, you know, working in the industry, you know, the service industry, or if it's like I took, I worked as for a dermatology office for a long time and didn't work as a dietitian. So, you know, I think that that's okay until you can find what you really want to do. Exactly. Exactly. So now let's go to the second kind of life altering for you was and I kind of remember when this was happening for you that th- they just wiped out your whole department. Like, how did you mm-hmm. feel? I mean, like, what were all the things that you went through professionally and personally when your dream job was basically just taken away from you? Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. It's just you feel kind of like all that work was for nothing and mm-hmm. just you just feel so inhabilitated like gosh or debilitated i don't really know what word i'm looking for you can, you can probably cut that little piece out <laughs> i think i just made up a word there or whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah it's just kind of like you know like somebody just punched you without you know you weren't expecting it and just like you you know that feeling where you just lose your breath and you can't catch it for a minute mm-hmm. so it's, it was kind of like that but i mean Luckily, you know, I'd already kind of started doing some freelance writing and just getting more involved with other things outside of nutrition that I was passionate about. And it kind of, and my 
for those of you that are listening, my Instagram handle, my blog, it's, it's the minimalist RD. So, um, kind of side, side note here. So <laughs> <laughs> living like a minimalist lifestyle and, you know, not really spending money on things that I didn't need. I had, you know, I was able to kind of not frantically search for a new job after this news hit me because, you know, my expenses weren't that high, you know, with not spending money on anything that I didn't need. So it kind of really, really worked out for me very well <laughs> in the end. It was kind of like a blessing in disguise. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't at the moment, but as you kind of had a few days, weeks to kind of step back and realize, oh, you know, this is exactly what should happen because you do have mm-hmm. that other passion and you do have, how did you kind of get interested in, in minimalism and living a more kind of focused and less spending type of life? Well, I, I feel like it's kind of something that I had just grown up with. Um, and I told you earlier that I kind of grew up on a farm and my my parents were the ultimate minimalist. And even before like that whole minimalist term was even coined, it's like, yeah. <laughs> It's like they were the ultimate, you know, reusers and reducers of waste and just being really mindful with their resources and not, you know, using more than what they needed and everything. And so that's just kind of how I always grew up and, you know, secondhand toys and just, you know, going to thrift shops was like, you know, fun for me. So, mm-hmm. um, and then reusing using foil like we kind of talked about that one time like we did my mom (laughs) still does that and it's like i think it's interesting because there's a lot of similarities that way with you and i Mm -hmm. growing up and using things yeah so it's kind of just kind of just a natural thing for me and then um i think when i was we had bought up my, my husband and i bought our home and i was I was furnishing it with just random things that i would find like at the flea market or the thrift store and i was like this is really weird. Like I I must be super weird. And then I discovered this whole minimalism movement where it's like, that was the cool thing to do was, you know, shopping secondhand and, uh, and just really, you know, saving your money for things that you really enjoy, like experiences over things. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these are my people. They're minimalists. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. I just kind of like changed my whole brand to that. And so it's kind of just developed from there. And is that what you kind of focus in, like in, in your private practice as you're kind of doing consulting for other businesses when it comes to using, incorporating minimalism into their, their business, their wellness? I mean, I would, I would consider minimalism a type of wellness in my mind. Yeah. So I don't really consult on that particular topic for businesses, but it always is something that I, so I, so I still have clients from when I was in the corporate wellness industry that, you know, have stayed with me, you know, privately, they're not using the company anymore, but I'm still kind of their wellness uh, resource. And I always do incorporate, you know, some form some aspect of minimalism, you know, when it comes to food and nutrition and overall health. So it's, it's not, you know, my key focus or anything. That's just, for, I get to my social media and, and then I do a lot of writing, you know, for different different uh, publications if they ever needed, you know, a topic on living with less or, 
know how minimalism is related to your whole overall health and wellness. So that's exciting. But, that's yeah, exciting that you have found a kind of a pathway into being a dietitian, but then also kind of using that as a way to bring out your passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really crazy how things have worked out when you look <laughs> at the whole the whole timeline of things. Do you still enjoy the corporate wellness side? Are you still, is that still one of your things that you are pretty into and still passionate about? I do. I do enjoy it. So I, I really enjoy working with not so much people one-on-one, but I, I love the aspect of getting to go into a company and do presentations, you know, or seminars or things like that, where I can, you know, educate a a whole group of people at one time. And that's really, that's really what I've always loved the most about the whole corporate wellness aspect is you get to, you know, bring, bring your knowledge to a a whole larger population than just, you know, one person at a time, which I think, which I think is, yeah, it makes it more fun that way to me. I I kind of agree to, I like one-on-one every once in a while, but the group, I don't know. There's something about the excitement about it. And then like, the response you get, the, the mm-hmm. nonverbal communication and the, you know, there's just like some vibe when you're doing presentations. Mm-hmm. And the engagement. And then a lot of times people can learn not only from you, but from others in the audience and their you know colleagues. So yeah, it's just, just a fun learning experience. What's the biggest size group you've ever presented to? I think probably close to 500 people is the biggest audience I've ever had. Yeah. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be speaking in front of almost 500 people. It was like an all employee, all employee whole company meeting that I had to speak at. (laughs) Wow. But at the end I was like, yes, yes, that was awesome. You loved it. Yeah. Is it hard? I'm so weird. You're, oh, why are you weird? Oh, why are you I was going to say, I'm, I'm really weird because I feel like I'm weird because I would much rather speak in front of an audience of 500 people that I don't know than like five people that I do know, like five close friends or relatives. <laughs> That's why I think I'm weird. I'm like, ugh. The pre- do you feel like the pressure is, is much higher when it comes to people that in a close, intimate setting that know you is way more pressure than the vast yeah. audience of unknown. Yeah, faces. probably because I'm like, if they judge me, you know, I have to see them relatively often. But if <laughs> those 500 people that know me judge me, who cares? I'll never see them yeah. again or I want to true. see them very often. So I think that's where that fear comes so That That's where that fear comes from, I think. I don't think that's weird at all. I think there's a lot of truth to that, though. I would, I could, I can, I can relate because you're right. Like the people that you see, that you see often, you're like, oh, well, they could be still like thinking about the presentation or the conversation and bring <laughs> it up and say, I don't really agree with you. I read this article and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And like I was on, I was, I was on live TV for something a couple of years ago and I did not tell anyone because I didn't want any of my family or friends <laughs> to like watch it in case I, you know, really, royally messed up on live TV. So. <laughs> I was like, after the fact, I was like, oh, you guys, guess what I did? Go watch this. I was on TV. 
That's like, I like that plan. After you feel confident <laughs> about it and be like, oh, guess what? Here's that clip I have a, from my TV spot I did this weekend. They're like, what? <laughs> I know. I don't know. But I think now having, you know, having had experience with it and, and know what's coming, I think I would feel more comfortable. <laughs> so sure, sure. So you kind of dabble know. in lots of different things. It just kind of depends on the day. <laughs> exactly. Which is why, and you may have been getting to this later, but I figured I would slip it in now, which is why I kind of am moving in more of a uh, direction where I'm going to be focusing on just one aspect of nutrition, which is kind of where one of my passions lie. And that's, you know, how to eat well and reduce food waste and save money at the same time. So that's kind of where everything has culminated so far for sort of my next project, which I'm so excited about. That sounds amazing. And I, mm-hmm. I think you're like perfect timing because there is lots of messaging about, you know, how the insane percentages of food waste that are out there. Yeah. yeah and and I've always been the type of person that I've never really enjoyed cooking. I love I love eating and I love food. I love learning about food. I love the aspect of gardening and growing food. But when it comes to cooking, it's just like, ah, I cannot get myself motivated to want to, you know, for the longest time I couldn't. It's just, and, you know, you see all these dietitians with their, you know, beautiful recipe creations. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah. How do you take the time to do that and to cook it and to take those beautiful pictures? Like, I just, I don't know how they do it. But so I, that's kind of what I want to focus on. And for myself, it's just been, you know, over the past couple of years, a struggle trying to figure out what motivates me to want to, you know, meal, meal prep and cook. And, and for me, it comes down to, you know, saving money and, reduce it, cutting back on the food waste. So that's what's been you know, helping me to, on a weekly basis, meal prep and grocery shop and cook. And so I feel like that's a huge, huge area that I could be helpful for, for a lot of people in. So that's, that's awesome. You know, well, and you're kind of, it's kind of double purpose. It's also helping you maybe exactly your cooking style or what you like or... And then sharing that with people like me who don't like to cook too. I'm not, I don't really enjoy it either. So that I will definitely be following along on that because I, well, and I loved you had, um, you do some different challenges on your social media too, which Mm -hmm. I always enjoy. And I loved your, um, you were talking about how you can create meals with what you have in your fridge and kind of doing like a pantry and fridge purge. Mm-hmm. And creating things that way. So is that kind of along the same lines that you're kind mm-hmm. of working with? Exactly. And it's been a lot of fun to kind of just well, look and see what I have on hand and then try and come up with a whole, make it a whole meal. And I've been watching, I've been watching Chopped, the Food Network <laughs> series oh, yeah. on TV. I've just been like binging Chopped. Um, episodes for and and so helpful. I think that's really helping me. You know, give me lots of different ideas. So I feel like you know that's that's definitely going to be a component of my uh, new website and new resource somewhere. Hoping to put out Aaron's, Aaron's version of chop. But you know, I agree with you. Like seeing that 
in getting your brain to think in a different way, like those mm-hmm. chefs do on shop, like they have all these random ingredients. Like, how can they come up with these these yes. meals that are amazing? Exactly. Like they have, you know, this pantry of your staples and then these, you know, few ingredients to work with. And it's just crazy what they can come up with. Like you said, yeah, using your brain in a different way. Does your husband cook? Does he like to cook? No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> so so it would be really helpful if he did. <laughs> yeah, it so would. Usually it's just both of us trying to figure out like, okay, what do you want to eat for this week? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. It's just like, ah. So yeah. <laughs> so have you had any bot? Have you had some creations that were awful <laughs> that you were um, like, oh, that didn't work out. <laughs> yes. Last week I had extra eb- eggplant on hand and I had extra tortilla chips. So, you know, I'm like, oh, on chopped all the time, they, you know, crush up chips and use them as like a, like a, sort of like a batter, you know, for the vegetables and then they bake them or whatever. So yeah, that didn't work out. So I chopped, I crushed all the tortilla chips and used it like as a batter for the eggplant to make it like a crispy eggplant Parmesan and it worked okay, but not my finest creation. (laughs) So that's a good idea though. I mean, I've never heard of that. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was the, I, I noticed too, like you do like to focus on like produce too, which I love. Um, like you said, being from a farm, like you had your figs from your family and Mm -hmm. do you tend to kind of steer towards more like using produce and, or will you do all kinds of different food? Like when it comes to proteins and what is your, what is your passion in food? Like, so, my passion is sort of eating sustainably with the seasons, you know, and trying to source local foods when you can. And and that's why, you know, I really want to focus on how to do that on a budget because sometimes it can add up when you're trying to eat sustainably like that. If you don't have, you know, access to like a, like a, you know, farm or something, which most sure. people probably don't, but no. So I think that's going to be important. And and yeah, I, I love just trying to eat what's available, you know, at the time of year. And and so that means, you know, there's, you're cutting down on the waste of, you know, carbon emissions from your food traveling from, you know, across the United States or another country or whatever. So that's, that's also, you know, something that I'm passionate about is sustainability. So incorporating that into it as well. That's awesome. Does is Nashville a really exciting city for you know locally sourced foods and resources? I know you have some great like co op places that you go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Nashville is you know right in the middle of tons and tons of farmland. So there are so many different farms around that you can you know get your locally sourced food from, and then yeah, and then. With, you know, it's, it's kind of, we, we've seen a ton of growth in the city over the past decade or so. So it's crazy how many people are, are moving here and, you know, starting up, you know, their own farm from scratch. And that's pretty oh, exciting wow. too. And then, yeah, the, the newest, um, 
the newest cool thing in Nashville, we have a store that's like a zero waste shop that it's not necessarily food, food related, which I would love to be a part of starting like a food co-op in Nashville. But um, this one's more of like, you can bring in your own bottles and, and uh, refill like washing detergent, um, soaps, shampoo, like, you know, skincare products. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. To see the movements. I could see you helping start a zero waste food store that could, could be in the future for Aaron, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows what I'll be doing with possibilities are endless. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I've even thought about it. Like I have this whole idea and please, if there's a dietitian listening to this, please steal this idea. I would love it. Like I would like a, like a food truck, but not selling like, you know, meals, but like a food truck that will go around to different cities and you can like buy your bulk honey or fill up your, fill up your olive oil or vinegar or whatever it is that, that you buy in bulk. Cause we, I know a lot of like Northeastern cities already have food co-ops. That's just not something that you see in the South yet. So I think that would be really cool. Do you got, do you have one of those where you're, where you live? No, we, and if we do, it's, I don't know of it. Um, I feel like maybe someday, I mean, Des Moines is very kind of very progressive when it comes to that stuff. So I could see it happening. I'll have to let you know. You'll have to let me know if you, when yours kind of starts to happen to a little bit more, but. Yeah. I know, you know, a lot of stores are starting to get like bulk aisles and things like that or bulk sections where you can go and buy your grains and beans and rice and things in bulk, but yeah, not a full store here yet for that. Well, I have to say you, um, you definitely inspire me as a dietitian to incorporate more about food waste and buying in bulk and really being mindful of, of all of those things when it comes to even my own practice with my clients, because they're like you said, there's so many opportunities to incorporate that into a discussion or a conversation. Hmm. Well, thank you, and you as well, because I know you've you've done a few challenges yourself recently with like your <laughs> your no buy month and yeah. right sort of like a no, no spend July. Month. Yep. Yep. No buy July. Yeah. And How you were gonna go? do like it went good. I didn't. I didn't buy anything. It was great. It was <laughs> totally successful. I think I could do a lot of it longer. So yeah. I watching yours too because I'm like oh well she does one I'll just do her <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, I think that's it's really interesting to see how much money you spend on little things here and there that you don't even realize whenever you really start focusing in on it and tracking and really being mindful of your spending habits so absolutely and I and I think as for even just dietitians in general when it comes to experiences and doesn't have to be like travel, but I think for me, I've incorporated the the spending money on experiences and like increasing my knowledge and trying to attend more things that advance me as a dietitian as well as just a human being. So I've kind of changed my perspective on that kind of spending mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it's so important to like invest in yourself and and your passions, whether it's nutrition related or not. And all the times. You can find things that inspire you in those non-nutrition related, you know, areas of, or, you know, 
things that you're passionate about and bring that to your nutrition practice. Absolutely. And I think, I think you're right though. Like you need to have, and I think that's what you're doing so well is you're still a dietitian and you still practice your nutrition, but you also have this other thing that helps define you and helps you stay full of joy and helps say you keeps you happy. And that's ultimately what all dietitians need to find outside of just nutrition and food. Exactly. Cause you never know, you know, what connections you can make and how that may help you in the future and how it can shape your, you know, your whole career path. Exactly. We just, we gotta just keep opening our eyes to all the possibilities. Like you said, there's so many possibilities out there for all kinds of dietitians and you don't have to be that clinical food service, you know, Mm -hmm. mainstream dietitian person. Exactly. You don't have to put yourself in one of those boxes. Right. Right. So you have a lot of fun. I mean, you're where you're headed with your business sounds extremely exciting and kind of your focus. When do you kind of, when is your transition going to happen? Like for a spark, I think they're going to change your Instagram handle too. You kind of mentioned that. Yeah. So I've already kind of started to, you know, focus on the aspects of food waste and how to save money, you know, on your food spending. I've already kind of started shifting in that direction. So I think it, you know, hopefully it won't be too much of a shock whenever that goes, <laughs> whenever I just switch it over fully. Time but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's probably one of those things where nobody will really even notice, <laughs> but I'm just making a big deal about it in my head. But um, I'm hoping um, in the next couple of months to have, you know, my, my new website up and launched and everything. So we'll see. I don't really have like a timeline. Yeah. A deadline for myself, which I probably need to set one just to make myself make sure, make sure I do it. But um, well, you probably have timely all, matter. you have all your other stuff in your business going on too. So that's probably not your primary focus, but. Right. But it is definitely something that I'm working on. And I would say probably in the next couple months, I'll have that up and running. Do you um, incorporate both your kind of minimalism and your like entrepreneurship, private business into one website? Or do you have separate kind of entities for those that are contacting you from corporate wellness versus those that are contacting you for, um, your other kind of Instagram? Um, no. So my website um, is still minimalistrd.com, which has been my blog. It started out just like, you know, probably, gosh, five years, five or six years ago, just as a blog that I wrote on for fun. And then I guess it was last year, I finally decided to make it more of like a, you know, my business website where people can mm-hmm. contact me and just kind of see what all I've done in the past, my por- portfolio for writing and things like that. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been my main place where people can contact me. That's your homepage. Well, I definitely will link mm-hmm. all of that in um, the show notes too. So if anyone's curious about all the things that you're doing outside of Instagram, cause there is a world outside of Instagram, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like we get so sucked into to that and it's like, Oh wait, you do other stuff. You do other stuff. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but no, I, I do, under, I do, you know, appreciate how Instagram, gosh, all the opportunities that can come from Instagram, you know, especially if you have, if you have, you know, one particular area that you're focusing on, you know, how, how you know, niching down is one of the most important things you can do in your business. Yeah. Instagram is a huge, huge resource. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to see what what uh, you transition into and still providing awesome content for the world, including myself. And <laughs> I love your uniqueness to your profession and how you how you do all the things you do. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just, uh, I do a little bit of everything and, and I'm still trying to figure out, you know, my next move because as a new kind of like entrepreneur that was kind of forced into entrepreneurship, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, a, a fun ride. So I'm excited to just kind of have one central, one central website, which my website, the minimalist RD one, I think I'll keep that, but I, you know, eventually want to combine that with or have it absorbed into my new website. So sure. That's probably really confusing for any. Yeah. (laughs) That probably sounds really confusing to anyone that's listening. So (laughs) to be continued. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. So I have some hard questions for you. I always end with my hard questions. Okay. It's like, these are harder than the other questions I asked you, which is fine. um, Why don't you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy? Um, Well, I love to eat pretty much everything. But since we're getting closer to fall, I really enjoy all the soup weather. So pho is probably my all-time favorite cold weather food. So I'm excited to finally get to eat that here in the next few months. <laughs> now, do you make it at home or is that going to be part of your your recipe challenge for yourself? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, I've never made it at home just because every time I look up a recipe, it's like 20 ingredients and I'm wow. like, what? So that's scary. So no, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> go to my local favorite uh, shop and that will be Enjoy that. It. Yes, that's a good plan. I know. Why is there so many ingredients? You wouldn't think like this broth soup would have so many ingredients. <laughs> I know, but, <laughs> but man, it's so good. <laughs> it is good. It is good. Um, why don't you share with me some beverages that you enjoy? Um, gosh, well, the only things I ever drink are really water, coffee, and wine. So... Is there anything else? Um, I mean, that seems pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all you need in life. Water, are coffee, a, and wine. Wine. Are you a white or a red wine drinker? <laughs> oh, definitely red. And Pinot Noir is probably my favorite kind of red wine. I'm with I well when we when we get to meet each other in person, we'll we'll share a glass of that for sure. Yes. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that'll be and did I I did I See that you're going to Fincy this year? I am. Are you going? I am. Yes, I'm going to Fincy. um, So, yeah, hopefully we can connect sometime. I'm actually, yes, I'm actually going to host a little um, podcast get together. So, stay tuned for that. I'll send that to you. So, yes, perfect. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that would be something that you can attend and we can see each other. 
Yes, definitely. Keep me updated on that. Okay, I will. Um, share with me colors that you enjoy. Um, definitely neutral colors. So <laughs> black, white, uh, gray, and then lately though, loving greens, like olive green and that rusty orange, like dark orange, rusty color mm-hmm. are my faves right now. And then share with me, uh, maybe some scents or some smells that you enjoy. Mmm, smells probably, probably like earthy scents, like anything like herby. I don't know if that's a word either. Herby. I'm making all, yeah, all the words today. Totally a word. <laughs> herby and earthy, and probably like warm scents, like vanilla and maple, and all the matches with your colors kind of it's yeah. all kind of I can see your palette of smells and colors mm-hmm. Aaron's palette <laughs> <laughs> thank you and then what brings you joy in life Aaron um I I think just doing life with you know the people that I love my husband and my friends and family and experiencing new things and just, you know, trying things, trying things that are out, outside my comfort box really makes I me like excited. That. Yeah. Well, you definitely have had a good ride of that so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely interesting times. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I look forward to all the things that you're creating and providing and doing as a dietitian and Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Well, thank you for having me, and this was fun. And yeah, I'm excited to hopefully meet you in Philadelphia yeah. next month. And yeah, That'll keep following your journey too. <laughs> we'll just keep on tagging along and doing challenges and not cooking. <laughs> yes, we are kindred spirits and we will, we we will figure it out. <laughs> As you can tell, I truly find so much value in everything Erin does and shares with her audience. I'm fangirling on her all the time. If you are looking for easy and simple ways to start focusing on less stuff in your life, less food waste, less junk, less money spending, take a few of her interesting monthly challenges that she shares on social media and you won't regret it. You'll really enjoy doing some of these challenges. You also learn a lot from her, so please go to minimalisticrd.com and see all the great things she's doing. My website, annelizabethrd.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available for purchase on the website, and there are now 15 CEUs approved for self-study through the CDR, which you can purchase on the website too. I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.